Hey, I'm Judah. You're about to hear a message about Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I hope it is an encouragement to you personally. I want to remind you, if there's anything we can do to serve you, please go to churchhome.org. Join us on Pastor Chat. We want to ensure that you feel loved and cared for. All right, let's get to it. Here's the message. Hey, church, happy new year. Here we are on January 1st. It actually seems like yesterday a friend of mine looked at me and said, wait, it's the month of November? <laughs> yeah, November's passed, December's passed, and here we are, January 1st. Happy new year, happy 2023. Um, the further we get away from the year 2000, the older I feel, because 2000 is still, uh, this is, bear with me as I talk to everyone uh, who's middle-aged out there. Uh, but 2000 still seems like kind of a young year, you know, kind of like a cool notion. And that was 23 years ago. Uh, I want to shout out to everyone. By the way, you can tell I'm 44 because I'm still using the term shout out. Uh, but I want to shout out everyone who was like into Y2K. Do you remember that? I don't know why. Uh, just a little bit reflective and nostalgic today on January 1st. Y2K. It honestly seems like yesterday we were talking about the computers are going to go from 99 to 2000 and the whole thing is going to fall apart and... Uh, well, it didn't. And here we are. We have made it into 2023. Um, it's incredible. And and I hope that before we jump into this brand new series, I want to talk about dreaming. I want to talk about dreaming again. We have gone through such unprecedented days and minutes and moments and months and years collectively as human beings around the world. I want to talk about uh, looking forward to your future. Uh, me and some of my closest friends, in fact, we say it nearly every day, there is so much to look forward to. We also like to say that we got the rest of our lives to go dancing or the rest of our lives to play golf or the rest of our lives to spend time together and pray together and love each other. And it's true. Uh, there's so much to look forward to in 2023. We got the rest of our lives to love each other, to love Jesus, to serve one another and I am happy to announce we are in Denver, Colorado. So many people here in Denver, Colorado who have joined Church Home and are practicing their faith uh, in different mediums, of course, most of which are practicing their faith using technology and using the app. And so we are in beautiful, semi-snowy Denver, Colorado. Um, if you had never been to Colorado in the United States of America, you gotta come. The air is just about the purest, most amazing air in the world. And I gotta admit something. I asked for a glass of water this morning and someone just grabbed a glass, put it under the faucet and handed it to me. And um, I was like, wait a minute. And then you drink the water here in Colorado and you're like, Oh, wow. That's how water is supposed to taste. Like, it's so good. So I want to say hello to everybody here in Denver, Colorado. And again, Happy New Year. We're, we're going to jump into this series called Dream Again. And um, this collection of sermons, we'll do about four different sermons on the subject of dreaming and, and as it pertains to those who are following Jesus. But of course, those watching right now who maybe are just curious about Jesus, curious about this way of life. And I want to remind you that Christianity is not merely dogma that we accept or tradition we carry out. It's, it's actually far more than that. It's a, it's a path we take. 
It's a journey we commit to, that we actually follow right behind the footsteps of our King, our Savior, our superhero, and the love of our life, and his name is Jesus. And so today I wanna remind you, as we practice our faith together, the operative word is, is practice. We're actually committing to daily walking with Jesus. And so I want to announce today on January 1, there are places for you to go. I was reading one of those children classics and it's thinking about the places we're going to go, the things we're going to do, the things we're going to experience. And so it is with the journey of Jesus. Imagine the places you're going to go with him this year. And I don't even necessarily mean physical location as much as I mean the emotional and spiritual and mental places God is going to go with you. I'm believing for your family. I'm believing for your mindset. I'm believing for your soul, for, for health and buoyancy and a sense of expectation for your future. And as 2023 begins, why not believe that this is going to be one of the great years of our life? Maybe even let's broaden, let's, let's pan the camera back a little more and say, why can't we believe it's the best year in the life of our community for thousands and thousands of people around the world. And you may not know this, but over 500,000 people around the world are practicing their faith every week here at Church Home. And it's remarkable and it's incredible. And I want to thank you for joining us. This collection of talks around dreaming really all started for me in Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, I'm going to quote it to you. I don't want to brag. I don't want to flex, but, you know, I got it memorized. I hope, actually, I got it memorized. So I'm going to try to quote it to you. But Hebrews 12, 1 says, Since, or therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us, let us run the race that is set before us with perseverance or endurance, laying aside any weights or sins that so easily trip us up, um, considering or fixing our eyes on Jesus. And here's the statement that got me. Actually, as 2022 was closing, and we're looking towards the new year, here's the, the that phrase. I don't know if you're like this, but when, when I read scripture, and, and by the way, most of my reading is a verse a day. That That's me. That's how God speaks to me. That's how it, it matters to me. If I read too many verses in a day, I actually don't get anything. So usually it's about a verse a day, and, and I'll admit sometimes it's thinking about a verse sometimes for an entire week, and I just think about it from different angles and feel like God shows me things about my life, shows me things about my wife and all the things she needs to fix um, in her journey. I'm kidding. Come on, everybody relax. Uh, but really, that's how God teaches me and leads me and guides me, and I spent uh, at least a week on Hebrews 12.1, and this was the phrase that jumped out. Consider Jesus, or fix your eyes on Jesus, Hebrews 12, 1 says, who for the joy set before him, isn't that interesting? Who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, sat down at the right hand of God. Wow. Consider that just for a moment. Jesus had joy in front of him, and that joy that was set in front of him gave him supernatural endurance to endure the agony, the shame, the humiliation, the excruciating pain that was the six hours he was crucified by the Roman Empire. Of course, he knew that he would resurrect. It is an interesting observation to make that in the life and ways and teachings of Jesus, that every time he speaks of his death, 
he would always speak of his resurrection. As if to say that he understood that the pain he would endure, endure crucifixion, that he was going to be able to endure it because he had the promise of resurrection and most importantly, the promise of you and the promise of me. For the joy set before him. Here's how I want to start out 2023. And I want to ask a really simple question. It's not too profound. It's not too deep. I think everyone can understand it and relate to it. And here's my question. What are you setting before you as you begin this new year? What are you setting before you? And when I say, what are you setting before you? All I really mean is what's on your mind and what's in your mouth. And of course, what I'm speaking of is your thoughts and your words, your thoughts and your words. Now we could go beyond your, your mind and your mouth and we could talk about what fuels your moving around every day. A lot of people are like, well, I do what I do for money. A lot of people are like, well, I do what I do for um, respect. Uh, I do what I do to create a future for my family. I'm not saying any of those things are inherently wrong, but for those of us that have accepted the ways of Jesus, which oftentimes are counterculture, which oftentimes are counterintuitive, we are to be fueled and motivated every day by something very different. And you look at Jesus and you look and you ask yourself, what motivated him to endure such agony for those six hours on the hill called Golgotha? Well, the Bible says it was joy set before him. I wanna say this before we go any further in this series on dreaming. I think oftentimes dreaming and joy and joy and dreaming are synonymous sometimes in Scripture. And here we have in, in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says the joy set before him. Well, that's speaking of a dream. That's a vision. Jesus was connecting to something that had yet to come in linear time and space, and yet it was already done and completed, but he attached to it in his humanness, in his emotions, in his mind, which is to say the results of the crucifixion and resurrection were already alive in the mind and mouth of Jesus. He was already visualizing you and I who hadn't been born and wouldn't be born for thousands of years. He saw you. The old preachers used to say, he had you in mind as he hung on the cross. Now, I want to stop and make a little caveat. If you're new to this space and new to our community and you're wondering, what is all this speaking of crucifixion and death and resurrection? Well, I do want to say very quickly that we believe here at Church Home that there is a God that he has revealed himself in the person of Jesus. And that when you see Jesus, you understand the fullness of the divine. You understand the architect of the ages and the creator of the universe is known and unknown. We believe that God has a name. His name is Jesus. We believe that that God expressed himself fully in the person of Jesus who is God, became our sin, our error, our wrong, and our selfishness, and we traded places with him. A lot of the old preachers and writers and philosophers and theologians agree that maybe the most formidable and important scripture in all of the Bible is 2 Corinthians 5.21, one of my favorite scriptures, that he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So as we progress now for the next few moments in this part one of a series on dreaming, I want to remind you that we will always return again to the greatest story ever told. The Bible calls it the gospel or the good news, and that is that there is a deliverer, there is a superhero, there is a savior, his name is Jesus, and he can transform your life and bring about true forgiveness and connection with the divine, God himself.
Jesus. So I'll be working from that premise as we continue to go on. So let me ask that question again. What are you putting in front of you? What's in front of you right now? What's the pervading thought? What is the predominant conversation you're having? I know, it's January 1, and if you're like me, January 1 comes around, you're like, well, whatever my thoughts used to be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have good thoughts in the new year, right? I'm gonna have only positive conversation. Maybe you're watching this and you're already making commitments like, I'm not gonna gossip in 2023. I'm not gonna get angry in 2023. I'm not gonna lust in 2023, and it's day one, right? And maybe if you're like me, it only takes a few hours into a new year and you realize like, wow, my um, New Year's resolutions, resolves, determinations, and intentions are already falling apart. They're falling apart like a dry scone and you can't wait to crack open the scone and it just crumbles in your hand. You're like, I was hoping for like a, a, a warm coagulated scone. That was an unnecessary big word, I know. But sometimes our intentions just crumble and it's like January 3rd, and we're like, all right, I've already gossiped. I'm already, you know, used some evil eye of envy and lust and anger. Ah, man, forget it. And, and so comes another typical routine, monotonous year. Why not believe that every day can be a new beginning? Not just January 1, but every day this year. That you can reconsider again. See, I think where a lot of like what's on your mind and what's in your mouth starts is just asking the question, what's in front of me? For the joy set before him, it was in front of him. It was on the mind of Jesus. It was in the mouth of Jesus. What was? The results of crucifixion, the results of resurrection. And you know what the result is? It's you, it's me. You were the joy in front of Jesus that helped him. You were. You motivated him. We know this. In the process of crucifixion, Jesus prays prayers like, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing because you were on his mind. In the process of crucifixion, Jesus made sure that his own mother was going to be cared for and taken care of. Why? Because on the mind of Jesus, while he hung on the cross, it was filled, his mind was filled with people. Nothing's more valuable to God than people than you and me. And that's why I like to say, and obviously many people have said it before, but you're the apple of his eye. You're always on his mind. He speaks of you to the angels and the heavenly hosts. How that all works, I'm not entirely sure, but you are the vision of God. You are the dream of God. The dream here at Church Home is that we could serve and help and encourage and uplift as many people as possible around the world. I was just at my chiropractor's office, who's been my friend for 20 years. And I said to the chiropractor, he said, well, how you doing? I said, we're reaching more people than we've ever reached before. We've had to change a lot. It's been a lot of risks, been a lot of things that maybe uh, not everybody understood, but we are reaching 10 times more people than we've ever reached before. That's our dream, that's our vision. As a preacher, that's what I set before me. As right now, as I'm filming this sermon and I'm looking in this lens, I'm not looking in the lens of a camera. I'm trying to visualize and imagine that I'm looking in the eyes of moms and dads and uncles and aunts and sons and daughters and single adults and young people and teenagers, realizing that each and every one of us have challenges in front of us and 
opportunities in front of us. And I want to encourage you. You too, dream again. Dream again. Think about dreams and the role they have played in the human existence, the human experience. Dreams have moved continents and countries, communities. Dreams have overcome hatred and bigotry and selfishness. Dreams have overthrown regimes. Dreams have defeated dictators. Dreams. There is a significance. And, you know, I feel so, you can tell I feel so motivated and moved at the fact that, that I see Jesus dreaming. I see Jesus engaging in his mind with the dream that is the results of crucifixion and resurrection. What's on your mind on January 1st and what's in your mouth? Don't underestimate the significance of what's on your mind and what's in your mouth. Now, I want to take you to a few other scriptures, and here's the endeavor, or here's the effort that I'm making. I want to show you in scripture that there is a dream we can all attach to. Now, I want to say this. There are personal dreams, and I love those personal dreams, and I want to encourage you to attach to those personal dreams. Maybe in your workplace, you get a dream of getting a job that pays a bit more, gives you a little bit more time off. Uh, maybe is a little bit more of your passion and your desire and your gift mix, and you get a dream of a new job or dream of being promoted or you get a dream of, of getting a job or you get a dream of getting married or you get a dream of traveling the world. All those dreams are awesome, but I want to show you that we have a collective dream, and I believe that this dream can move us in the same way that it moved biblical characters, in the same way that it moved leaders and ministers and men and women in scripture, so it can move us. I'm reminded today of, of Paul. But I'm reminded Paul is this man who's the artist formerly known as Saul. He writes more than half of the New Testament. And we have this little book that he writes to the Philippians who are living in a city called Philippi. But what you may not know about the book of Philippians, it is, it is written by Paul, who is quite literally in prison. He is a prisoner when writing the book of Philippians. Why is that important? Because I want to show you that Paul was moved by a dream, that dream that is often synonymous with joy. He was moved by it. Now, here's what's interesting about the book of Philippians. Paul is writing. I want you to imagine him, if you will, almost like in that orange jumpsuit. He's like in prison garb. He's under, like, watch. He's got Roman soldiers watching over him, and he's writing. You can read the book of Philippians in approximately 15 minutes, right? We can make the joke, you know, you can change your car insurance with Geico in 15 minutes or less, or you could read the book of Philippians in 15 minutes or less. And, and here's what you'll get from the book of Philippians. 16 to 19 times in like 100 verses. I think it's like 103 verses. 16 to 19 times it speaks of joy or all of its different derivatives. 16 to 19 times. So in 15 minutes, you might get as many as nearly 20 references to joy. Now, here's my issue. Why is Paul writing this tiny, itty-bitty letter back to uh, the ancient people living in uh, uh, Philippi, the Philippians? They had given Paul a financial gift, to be honest, help him travel and keep telling people about Jesus so he wrote this book, frankly, very basically, inspired by God, of course, but wrote this book to say thank you. But he's writing from a prison. 
He's writing from incarceration. He's writing in prison garb. And yet, how can this man speak so openly about joy, rejoicing, gladness, happy, thrilled, honored, in love, excited, pumped, thank you. You guys are wonderful. God is with us. It's going to work out. I mean, think of all the famous verses from the book of Philippians. That is a man who's in prison. How can he have so much joy? How can he have so much rejoicing while also incarcerated? Because I want us to together to understand that this dreaming or this joy that we are connecting to in the new year, it transcends circumstance. It transcends your job situation. It transcends pain and global pain that we all today by social media and technology are so keenly aware of. You know, the Bible speaks of joy more than 2,700 times in 66 books. Just sink into that for a second. Nearly 3,000 times this book, that is riddled with pain. It is riddled with the calamity of humanity. And yet, nearly 3,000 times the Bible says rejoice joy, happy, right? Like it's, it's, it's extraordinary. I think the message is clear. God wants us to live with joy. Someone recently told me that, you know, optimism and pessimism are an interesting, you know, juxtaposition because the pessimist sees all the difficulty in every opportunity, but the optimist sees every opportunity in the difficulty. It's interesting, isn't it? So subtle, so slight, so simple, almost like uh, uh, just, a, 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 just a slight little difference, almost like splitting hairs. And yet, it will transform your path and your experience. Do you see the difficulty in every opportunity? Or do you see the opportunity in every difficulty? Oh, Judah, that's cliche. This is, that's not even in the Bible. Well, it's not, but in spirit, it is. Jesus' difficulty in the crucifixion is astronomical, and yet he seems to see, through his mind's eye, he sees the opportunity in the difficulty. Rather than allowing the difficulty to consume and eclipse the opportunity. I hope together as a community and a church that in 2023, we see the opportunity in front of us for there is much opportunity. Oh, there will be difficulty. Probably on January 1, at the very first day, right here, right now, there's probably already semi-surfacing. I hope it's just semi-difficulty. Maybe you're watching this the very moment, the moment you woke up. It's the first few moments of January 1. Here you are, and yet, chances are very likely there are difficulties you're going to have to face. Can you see the opportunity? Can you see the opportunity we have to help people, serve people, love people, collectively, as a community? It's incredible. I'm reminded of Abraham and Sarah. Maybe you know the story. I don't have time to fill in all the details if you're new to the story or new to scripture or new to the concept of Abraham and Sarah, but God promised them a special, special child. They're both almost 100 years old and they got no kids. God says, you're going to have a kid and that kid is going to birth a nation. 
God reveals himself in scripture in the Old Testament as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and yet Abraham and Sarai, or Sarah, have no kids and they're almost 100. And then they have a kid, and do you know what they name their son? which took years and years to realize. I think God gave them a promise and it was like more than two decades later that it actually happened. They named him Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Laughter. I know this might sound silly, but I'm believing that this Dream Again series is gonna usher in more laughter in your life. They say kids laugh 400 times a day. Adults laugh 15 times a day on average. 400 to 15 which tells you something about the human experience. As we get older, we get pessimistic. As we get older, we get kind of cynical. As we get older, we find less to laugh about. Kids, man, they laugh at themselves. I'm sure sometimes they laugh at each other, which isn't always ideal, but 400 times a day, global average, and adults are only 15. I'm hoping that you'll laugh more. You'll laugh at the goodness of God. The dreams that maybe take years, but they are realized. Pray that you'll have laughter and joy in your life in 2023. As we're coming to a close, as I'm introducing these concepts and ideas, and and I admit we're not closing every loop or closing every tab today in this sermon because we're going to continue this journey together for three more sermons, but I want to take you to Paul again and Paul's writings in the New Testament, because I think it speaks dramatically to where and how Paul dreamed and where and how he got his joy. The reality is, if this was merely a sermon or these collection of sermons were merely about dreaming, well, for some people, that's hard. It's hard to dream. There's no doubt in my mind there are people watching this broadcast who are like, I am living a nightmare. My life is a perpetual nightmare. As I'm recording this broadcast, there are countries being bombed, missiles being launched, lives being lost. As I'm recording this broadcast, there is more news coming out of humans killing humans using weapons and guns. The truth is, as we talk about dreaming, you cannot help but stop and admit the counterpart of dreaming is a nightmare. And sometimes this life feels like a nightmare. What are we going to do? Research shows that um, the technological age is affecting us, isn't it? It's affecting our brain. It's affecting what's on our mind. And it's affecting what's in our mouth. Research is telling us that we are overcome with... um, tragedies, global tragedies. It's very difficult these days to walk the aisleways of your local market or your local grocery store. And here you are just trying to pick up cereal or oatmeal, maybe for you, your roommate, your family, your spouse, or just yourself. And your phone buzzes, your your smartphone, they call it. And suddenly you're ushered into a country that's under attack. How your brain processes picking up Cheerios while recognizing that people are being bombed is beyond me. I don't know how we're gonna do this. And yet, there's hope. And dreaming is still in play. Here's an interesting thought. Did you know that 
from best we can tell, researchers believe that we actually have less violence today than we've ever had in all of human history. It's less violent. Now, that could be argued, I'm sure, but provocative nonetheless. Maybe we have less violence, we're just more aware. The second violence breaks out anywhere in the world, we seem to be notified. And yet, here's this preacher, pastor guy at the beginning of 2023, trying to tell me to dream? How do I dream? Bombs are going off and guns are being shot and loved ones and families and public figures are being lost. How will I dream again? Well, that's where Paul comes to our aid. (laughs) That's where Paul comes rushing in with his message from prisons where he writes about joy, from loss, shipwreck, persecution, He was beaten for his belief system. And yet more than anybody, Paul wants to talk about joy. He wants to talk about the promised future. He wants to talk about all that is still ahead. And here's where I kind of want to end this message. And it's intense, so prepare yourself. But I'm closing. Acts 17 and verse 7 is an interesting portion of our story. And it's there that Paul is undoubtedly going to be imprisoned again. And there's a great persecution that's broken out based on the teachings of Paul. Paul had been going to cities and portions of the world through ships and through donkeys and horses and making his way. And he's in this one particular spot and he's telling everyone that there is a king and his name isn't Caesar. His name is Jesus. By the time we get to Acts 17, 7, this has become problematic. There's an uproar amongst the the town and village he's in, and they're saying, and here was their indictment against Paul. Paul is saying that Caesar is nothing and Jesus is king. Why is that relevant? Because I want to put in front of you for your own biblical consideration and your own human consideration that Paul understood the joy of dreaming, and his dream was a kingdom. So it is God's dream, a domain that is ruled by a perfect king. And that domain is what we call the king domain of God, which is to say God is king and this is his domain. And his domain, the Bible says in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17, his domain, it's not a matter of what you don't do or do do. It's not a matter of the shows you watch or don't watch, the foods you eat or don't eat or the church building you go to or don't go to. The kingdom of God is a matter of righteousness, peace, and joy in the presence of the Spirit of God. And here's what I want to present to you, and I hope this isn't too dense and too weighty and too intense, but it's the truth. The joy that is set before you is the kingdom of God. That in the midst of men's kingdoms, we have Caesars today, presidents, dictators, prime ministers, kings, queens, all over the world. But the Bible beckons the curious and the believer to come and enjoy another domain, enjoy the rule and reign of another king. And he is not Caesar. And he is not the president or the prime minister or the king or the queen you trust in. He is transcendent and he is the king 
of the universe's known and unknown. And what does he offer? In the midst of turmoil and disease and pestilence, global pandemics, there is a king. And in his domain is righteousness, peace, and joy. Two-thirds of the qualities of his domain is emotional. One is positional and two-thirds are emotional. So this is the gift I give you in 2023. The joy that is set before you is understanding that there is a king and he has a domain. And that domain wants to give you a position and two emotions. And that position is you are right with God through the finished work of Jesus. And the emotion, because of the position, is peace and joy. Peace and joy if you're in prison. Peace and joy if you're in the middle of a pandemic. Peace and joy if you're in the middle of divorce. Peace and joy if you can't find a job. Peace and joy in the middle of that diagnosis and the doctor looking at you and saying it doesn't look good. Peace and joy. Peace and joy that connects you not only to linear time and space, but peace and joy that connects you to a heavenly domain which the scripture calls home. Church, I want to remind you at the outset of 2023, we're going home, but this isn't it. But in the meantime, we can have a foretaste of our future. We can begin to actually enjoy the comforts that the king allows for every believer that you could accept that through the finished work of Jesus on the cross, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of God, Hebrews 12, 1 says, which is to say his sitting down is because it's finished and it is complete and it is done. The performance of Jesus transcends your performance. It overrides your performance. And now through his performance, by believing his performance, by accepting his performance on your behalf, you become righteous. You are ushered into a domain that is ruled by a sovereign, perfect, wonderful, gregarious king. And there you will actually experience two predominant emotions, peace and joy. And that's how I believe when we look back at our spiritual ancestors and we wonder how they endured such unprecedented circumstance, situations, and personal pain and loss. It's because The joy that was set before them is the dream of God. And it's that all of his children would come home and be under one roof and experience his domain. He's a wonderful king. He's a generous king. He's a beautiful king. He's a perfect father. He's a provider. He's a protector. He cares. He listens. He loves. He's not like leaders like you and me. He doesn't grope for power. He doesn't need fame. He's the God of the whole earth. And so as we begin this new year, I welcome you into this kingdom. For many of us watching, it's the accepting again that this domain is the domain we live from. I am right with God. I have peace with God. And I have joy that moves me. Oh, that's the joy that moved Jesus to the cross, through the cross, into resurrection and transformation of the whole world. What are you setting before you? What's on your mind and what's in your mouth? I pray that in 2023, what will be on our mind and in our mouth is the kingdom of God and what we have received in the person of Jesus. God, I thank you so much for a new year. 
new beginning, new start. Thank you. You give us new beginnings every day, and then you give us new beginnings every year. It's really great. So we thank you. New chapter, new beginning, new start. We want to be kingdom people. Thank you for righteousness, peace, and joy in your presence. If you're watching this right now and you would like to receive the free gift of Jesus, I want to, do, I want to offer you that opportunity and just say, I receive him. Something like that, just right now, very simple. And lastly, I want to remind everyone watching that the kingdom of God is always clearly present when we feel his presence. And I believe that's what you're feeling right now. That's the presence of Jesus to let you know his kingdom has come on earth. <laughs> enjoy his presence. Enjoy his love. Enjoy his affection. He's there with you right now in that vehicle, in that apartment, that condo, that home, that walk, that run you're on right now. He's with you. The king is with you. The king has come. And the king is good. And the king is wonderful. I love you, church. Look forward to talking more with you on the subject of dreaming again.